I'm just going to take a few minutes and I want to do something really Christmassy. And I want to talk about a very Christmassy word. And the word is catastrophe. <laughs> We're going to talk about the word catastrophe. And um, the original usage of the word is a Greek word, which means a sudden downturn. And it was used for uh, plays and dramas, like when they would do tragedy plays. It was, everybody knew what was coming. They knew that a sudden downturn was coming. Well, in the 1700s, that word became known for anything bad that happens to us. Like in the second row, it's a catastrophe. <laughs> Nowadays, the word is actually... It's okay, buddy. Oh, it's all right. Nowadays, the word can be used for like big catalysmic events, and it could be used for something that just blows up our lives. So the reason why I bring that up is actually biblically, the theme of catastrophe actually means something to the effect of our inability as human beings to overcome. Our inability as human beings to overcome. And we see catastrophes all around us, right? We see them happening across the world. We see them happening across the street. We see it happening in our own lives, in our own selves. And, it, and, you know, it's everything from rivalry and accusation to things that are global and corporate, like tribal discord and economic collapses and even natural disasters, to, like, things that are, like, really personal. Things like, you know, broken relationships and addiction and cancer. And it's as if the relationship between heaven and, and earth itself was like ruptured. It's as if that's what's happened. And it's dislocated. Like form no longer follows function, right? And purpose is just hard to find. And then there's death. And here's the thing. Nothing and no one is exempt from catastrophe. Nothing and no one is innocent in catastrophe. It's, it's almost as if there's like a bacteria that fouls the bloodstream. Now, here's the tricky part. Some of you are like, this isn't very Christmassy. Here's the tricky part. You and I could go through life in such a way that there's, we, could, we could hold on to the little fun things and the blessings and the, and the little pleasures of life and we don't see the catastrophe. We don't feel it. And it, sometimes it just takes a couple different... You, you feel it in a couple different ways. The first time you feel it is, is sometimes when there's like a sudden crisis in your life and you're like, oh my goodness. Life is jacked up. Or it's like that cumulative layering over time of small, broken things that happen. But you feel it because there's like an inability to overcome. There's like an inability to get past it. 
Now, the catastrophe was caused, many of us believe, by an act of rebellion that attempted to dislocate God out of our lives. This is what we call Genesis 3. But this is not a popular belief. It's not a popular belief at all. The popular belief is that however bad things seem from time to time, there's no catastrophe. And to face the fact of a catastrophe actually would involve, at some point or another, dealing with God. And anything seems more preferable than that. We just finished a conversation in the book of Revelation, and to use the imagination of Revelation, it's almost as if the dragon doctors the report and Babylon edits the evidence to keep us from thinking and seeing the catastrophe. And it's natural for us to reduce it all and manage it without God. That's just in us. But then that's the problem. The problem with that is the same act that caused the catastrophe perpetuates it. And you're, you're sitting, I know some of you are like, who is this guy? And those of you who know who I am, you're like, Ryan, this is not Christmassy. Oh, but it is. Because if there's no accurate perception of catastrophe, then there can be no accurate perception of salvation. Like, salvation is God's action that deals with the catastrophe. And salvation is the answer to catastrophe. Salvation is God's determination to rescue His creation, and it is His activity in recovering the world. That's the act of restoration. It's deeply personal, and it's beautifully corporate. It deals with souls, and it deals with cities. It deals with sin and sickness. Scripture paints a picture of this healing, this salvation, as being recklessly indiscriminate. For God so loved the world that He gave that he gave his only son, and God takes on the entire catastrophe. There is a writer, you may have heard of him, it's a guy by the name of J.R.R. Tolkien, and he wrote The Lord of the Rings. And J.R.R. was, he's a brilliant fantasy writer, he is, um, he understood story, and he actually coined a new word, he called it eucatastrophe. Eucatastrophe. He actually take the, the EU, which is means good. It means good. It actually is where we get, you know, the start of the word eulogy or euphoria. And he lumped that onto catastrophe, eucatastrophe. And one of the things he said is he, he called it a sudden and favorable resolution of events in a story, a happy ending. He also said the sudden happy turn in a story which pierces you with joy that brings tears. And he wrote this in his book on fairy tales. 
He said, the birth of Christ is the eucatastrophe of human history. The resurrection is the eucatastrophe of the story of incarnation. This story begins and ends in joy. It has preeminently the inner consistency of reality. There is no tale ever told that one would rather find was true and none which so many skeptics have accepted as true on its own merits. This community is trying to be, trying to orient our whole lives around Jesus, this church. The one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. And what we celebrate at Christmas is the beginning of the eucatastrophe. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing O Holy Night. They're going to sing O Holy Night. Are they going to sing it with you? Okay. You, you guys get to sing with. <laughs> I didn't know how that worked. And what I want you to do is I want you to listen. Listen for the catastrophe. And listen for the salvation. Let me pray. God, you are so good to us. And many of us in this room have experienced catastrophe this year. And many of us in this room are in the midst of it. And it's beyond our human ability to overcome. But the scriptures say you have done that for us. And so, God, we cling to your love for us. We cling to the fact that your son entered the world to rescue and that you love us so deeply that you are relentlessly chasing after us. And this is a Merry Christmas. Amen.